edition of the same old podcast as always your host jack with my esteemed colleague co-host and michigan alumnus jp jp it's good to be back it is it is it is great to be back jack we uh we took a small hiatus um missed some missed some very important weeks of college football but what's most important is we're back we're, we're loaded up we're ready to go and we have a lot to discuss in the college football and NFL landscape. A lot has happened over these last couple months that, that need dissecting, and I think we're the men to do it. I think we're just the men to do it, so yeah, uh, and we're, we're ready to go. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that, you know, the fans are what brought us back. So I just want to shout out the fans. We, he- we hear you. We're sorry we, we uh, got a little off track, but... Yeah, fan- we, we dropped the ball big time. Yeah, you know, we, dropped we dropped the ball, the ball big time. But our fans are uh, a loyal fan base. And very loyal. They're here. They're sticking with us, and we're hopefully going to provide you with some good, some good content. football football content today. Yeah, that's 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 all we that's all we want to do. You know, we're both uh, we're we're both we're both busy working men and have a lot of stuff on our plate. But we we took our eyes off what's most important, and that's the fans. Yep. You know. Give, give yeah. the fans what they want. And at the give end the of the day, at the end of the day, you can only do your best, and that's just that's just what we're doing. You know, we're just doing our best out that's here. What we're doing, we're doing our best with what we have, yeah. with the situations we're in. But we are uh, we are back. We have a lot to discuss. We got a, a great a great show ahead of us, and I think uh, I think we should just dive right into it, Jack. We got a lot. We we've got a lot that's happened over these last two months that uh, we need to discuss. So. All right. Without well, further ado, let's let's just let's just jump right into it and get going. Well, I know we didn't really cover it in our production meeting, but what do you want to start with? Michigan, Michigan State, or Lions? Yeah, you know, the Lions. I mean, I think we're gonna have a lot more to talk about with Michigan, Michigan State, and the college football <laughs> landscape. So let's uh, let's and we we're, we're a Detroit sports podcast, so we got to talk about the Lions. So let's just get it over with. All right. Let's just let's just, let's just dive into that. Um, I know. I guess I'll kick it off just by saying that last year I was I wouldn't say like a staunch supporter of Dan Campbell, but I was definitely behind him. I thought that he had the opportunity to be a good coach, if not a successful coach, at least a good coach, at least someone who could bring us over the hump and you know win us games. And I know the. The roster is leaves a lot to be desired, but he he. I thought he had the opportunity to be a, 
a good NFL coach who can win us some games with his schemes and with his uh, with his mind and and his, his game management. But I that that my my hopes for him have just fallen flat over yeah. the past few weeks. I um I'm not going to sit here and say that I want him fired uh, just yet, but his clock is ticking and he should be supplanted firmly on the hot seat because I, I, there's at least two games this year where I'm not going to say he lost us the game, but he had made this, he just made decisions that were not defendable under any circumstance. Just, just horrible decisions, specifically the Vikings when you're going toward all game and then you decide to kick a field goal to go up six when it's only fourth and four and it's, windy conditions and god knows your kicker can't hit the broad side of a barn so not sure, not sure what you're doing there are you sounding the panic the panic alarm is that the panic alarm yeah that's not a good panic alarm let me see if i can find a better panic alarm uh that's not that a good sounds like a fire alarm yeah let's see let's see if i can find a good panic button sound effect here I'm thinking more of like a tornado siren. <laughs> Let's see what this one is. That's the same one. That's the same one. What the heck? <laughs> All right. Well, I think it gets across the uh, the point. Oh, an ad. We don't do ads on the same one. We don't podcast. do ads here. This is an ad-free pod. This is an ad-free podcast. So I guess back to what I was saying. I am... I am I am really disgusted with how the first five se- games of the season have gone. I was live in person, top row in Gillette Stadium. What, what is that? Oh, here we go. Is that what? Is that the sound? Of, is that is that fit how you feel about Dan Campbell? That's that's how it fit how I feel about Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes currently. As as I was saying, I was I was there at Gillette Stadium, top row, and just a raucous crowd to to watch Bailey Zappi just absolutely obliterate us and lose twenty nine to nothing. And going for it on four, that fourth and nine when it was just a six nothing game that led to the strip sack fumble recovery return. For a touchdown, uh, just pitiful. It made no sense being there. I'm sure it made no sense watching on TV. It's just not justifiable. Like I get that you just signed a kicker, but why would you sign him if you think he, he's that bad? Okay, a, one of the, a one point to make here is that you just signed a kicker, but it's not like you just signed like a rookie kicker. Like Michael Badgley is a veteran kicker. He's been in the league. He's been around the block. Like. He's not your rookie, can't handle a big spot. Like, Michael Badgley's kicked big kicks before. Like, no, and it's not I a mean, big spot. Like, You're down 6 nothing. It would have been a 51-yarder. Like, I, and we'll get into another similar situation with it when we talk about the Michigan State Spartans. But it's just like when you're, when you're making mistakes that random fans on the couch can just point out before they happen. I mean, that's not good. Like, it's just, I don't, I, that was, when I saw them lining up, I'm like, okay, are they trying to draw them off? But, like, then it'd just be fourth and four. Like, what, are you trying to just draw them off to get closer for a field goal, maybe? Like, 
and then they snapped, and I'm like, what is he doing? And then and then immediately you just see Goff retreating. And I mean it almost happened like it was in slow motion. It was I mean that's when when he was when he started running for his life, he knew it was something real bad was gonna happen. Because it's fourth down, so he's not just gonna fall down or throw it away. So he's he's running for his life, he's being careless with the ball, he gets just popped. Ball's loose, and the second it's picked up by the Patriots, the guy is the guy's gone. So it was just a disastrous play. It, it not to say that the, I felt like the Lions had a, a great chance of winning when they uh, during that in that situation, but still, you pin Bailey Zappi deep, or you kick a field goal, and it's not like they've been Patriots have been moving the ball with great ease. I mean, they they had some they've been running it pretty well, but they had zero success in the red zone until the fourth quarter. So it's just like why? Like why would you why would you give a rookie fourth rounder like great field position when your defense had been playing I guess okay for their standards. So it just didn't make any sense and it was a, it was a poor decision. Uh, the buy couldn't have come at a better time because they need to take a hard look at the mirror and reevaluate what what they're doing and my my biggest fear is that the Fords just like like Dan, because Dan Campbell's obviously a likable guy, they just like him so much that they're not putting the needed pressure on him and Brad Holmes that most owners would do to like at least get them to make some changes or light a fire under him. Because what's happening right now is just not acceptable under any circumstances. So I'm just, I don't want to say like I'm done with him, but I'm pretty close. He's just—I just think he's kind of an idiot, to be honest. I mean, in I think my, he's a good guy, but I just think he's kind of an idiot. I mean, in my opinion, he's made tangible decisions that have potentially cost the Lions the game in three games already out of five: the onside kick in the Eagles game, the timeout for in the Vikings game, and then going forward on that fourth down. Like those are three; those are three decisions that. Everybody knew at the time they were made were bad decisions. And they all worked out in the absolute worst way possible. And it's because of him. Like Yeah. I mean you can yeah. I mean Yeah, is the defense good? No. Is the offense good? You know, yeah. But they're not a s they're not a team where their talent is gonna be able to overcome coaching errors. Like they have, there's a very slim margin for error in the NFL already, and then when you have your coach out there making stupid decisions, you're gonna, you're not gonna win a lot of games, and no, like it's tough to say Brad Holmes is the problem when, like this team is, you see the potential with this team, and mm, I mean. I, I, I kind of disagree there. I feel like you can definitely say he's part of the problem. Okay. I mean, his. I I, I mean, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna wave the white flag on Hutchinson just yet either. But he just like he's been like okay. He's like really not been that great for a number two overall pick. And Thibodeau's looked like not amazing, but definitely better. And the Stoss, I mean, I know they're not gonna. You know, and then both Jets edge rushers have been better. 
both both of the Jets rookie edge rushers have been better. I mean, well, like Jermaine Johnson, who was their other rookie edge rusher? Um, uh, his name escapes me. It was da 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 da. Great podcasting. Great podcasting. Um. Oh, come on. It is Michael Clemens. Okay, well, I mean, I'm not going to sit, you know. I'm pro football focus. Michael Clemens. If you're going to ask me whether I'd rather have Michael Clemens or Ian Hutchinson right now, I'd still take Hutchinson, but it's like. Okay, but you know, it's all, Clemens has been better. Okay. Per, per pro I mean, football focus. Football focus is a joke. But, I mean, I mean I'm sure Clemens probably has been better because it's not, it's probably hard to be worse than Aiden has been. But it's still like two, it's only been five games. So, it's not like Aiden has a lot of, he's got like another edge rusher like to help him out and to to kind of balance out the pressure and and, and at least have the, the O-line have to focus on multiple threats. It's like... It's like Aiden and then, like, it's just like the rest of the D-line sucks. It's just brutal. Yeah. Okora's nowhere to be found. He hasn't played yet, has I mean, he? No. He has not played. He has not played. Julian Okora sucks. Levi Onzerike out for the year. Lee McNeil's been, like, okay. Charles Harris, I haven't seen him. They paid him a bunch of money, and I haven't seen him do anything. Yeah, he's better so than the like, So it's just like... It is what it is. I mean, but but Holmes has missed out on other picks. Like, it's just like the second rounders. Every year, the second rounders just suck. Whether it's that they don't play or they're just bad. It's just, I don't know. It is what it is. And But Holmes just, I just worry that he's going to put us in a deeper hole this year too, this upcoming draft. Because... There's just there, like you said, there is potential. There is talent on this team. Not a lot, but there's definitely some. I mean, there's definable, clear, and obvious offensive weapons. I mean, Amon yes, Ross St. Brown is a weapon. DeAndre Swift is a weapon. Hawkinson is weaponish. I would say is weaponish. Let him walk. Let yeah, him, they gotta let him walk. I mean. Depends on the deal. Um, I think Josh Reynolds is an underrated player. I think he's a decent wide receiver. Jamison Williams. I mean, you see, you see how these rookie wide receivers receivers have been. He's supposed to be the best one. So just need him to get healthy. When I mean, he gets healthy, get a I mean, injury. Yeah. So when he gets healthy, we'll see. But the defense is just so bad. I mean, just so bad. And you lose Tracy Walker for the year. He's your best. He's your best safety. Okuda's been having a, a much better year than he has his first. I mean, his, his second year was a wash. He got hurt in the first game, didn't play the whole year. And his first year, he just was also mostly hurt and sucked. But he's been better. But the problem is, Amani on the other side has been like the Terrible. worst cornerback in in like in the league, and he got he was benched. healthy scratched. He, yeah, he was so bad that he was healthy scratched. So, it's just at a point where 
it's one one step forward, three steps backwards. So I don't really know what my expectations are for the rest of the year. I mean, they have three really tough games going at Dallas, and they play Miami at home, I believe, and they play the Pack at home. And that's you got Dak coming back, two is going to be playing, and then you're probably going to have a pissed off Green Bay team. So that's probably three <laughs> losses, to be honest. I mean, maybe you squeak one out, maybe you get a nice upset victory, but yeah. you're, you're staring down the barrel of one and seven. Yep. And that and that just doesn't fly. That that that, that no, it shouldn't just fly. And I'm getting I'm getting kind of worried that like. Like, we've seen this in Detroit before where a certain percentage of the fan base just gives certain guys a pass no matter what. We saw it with Jim Caldwell. We saw it with Matthew Stafford. And now I feel like we're seeing it with Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I am, I am an, an anonymous member of a certain Detroit Lions fan group on Facebook. And I posted in that group, right now, would you trade Aiden Hutchinson for Micah Parsons? Micah Parsons is probably one of the five best defensive players in the league, I would say. I'd say he's a top three linebacker, for sure. He's a stud. It which, was, uh, which, oh, which, which group are you talking about? Which group are you talking about? I'm in a group. I don't know if I'm in your group, though. Well... Uh, I'm not sure. Detroit Lions fans, something I don't know, but it was oh, almost God. it was almost a unanimous no. Like, bro. I mean, it's it's, it's Facebook Lions fans. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, but I think that's a pretty. I think that's a pretty big. I think that's a pretty a bigger percentage of the fan base than you give it credit for. Like, I just think Detroit sports fans are so stupid. And have been felt fed BS for so long that they're just willing to keep buying it, and they're just they're they're ha- like Lions fans are happy, just being excited in the preseason about maybe winning eight games in a year. Yeah. Like that's all I heard all off season. Oh, they're gonna win eight games. Oh, they're gonna win nine games. Oh, they're gonna win ten games. Like why? What the hell? Why do you guys think this? There's no reason to look at the Lions. And say, oh, they're gonna win. They're gonna win eight games this year, dude. Like, no, they, like they need to prove it. And when you get shut out, when you lose twenty-nine to zero to a rookie quarterback making his first start, that was a fifth-round pick, right? Fifth-round pick, fourth, a fourth-round pick, and you get shut out and lose to him. I don't know how somebody doesn't lose their damn job. Like Aaron yeah. Glenn, I understand that he was a cool story on Hard Knocks, and him and Deuce Staley are best friends, and Deuce Staley circles him like a vulture, and they stopped a screen that one time in Hard Knocks. But Aaron Glenn is is pretty clearly and obviously terrible at his job, and a major part of why they're losing games. Like I get their defense doesn't like, and it's the same thing in Michigan State. I get their defense doesn't have, like, the players to be an elite defense. But they have enough talent to not be the worst, by far, in NFL history. Yeah. And that's what they are right now. They're literally the worst defense in NFL history so far. Yeah. 
You speak the truth. And you speak the truth. And how people how people aren't burning Ford Field down, calling for that man's job, to me is unbelievable. I just wanna I just wanna say, I of the same old podcast do not endorse Aaron Glenn to keep his job. And I was one of the first. If you if you can go back and play the tape, you I was one of the first people to say Dan Campbell can go. No, uh, you were. I mean, I was saying that last year after six games, maybe. I don't think he's a good coach at all. And he's done nothing to prove me wrong. He's done nothing to prove you wrong. I I think you're probably right. I mean, it's been been painful to watch. And I don't know where anybody's hope is coming from because they're just so bad. They're just so bad. And I don't know what to do with them. To be honest, I, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, Aaron Glenn, you're right. I mean, he, he did, he did a, I guess I'll say a, an okay job last year. I mean, he not like he had any talent or any players, but he got him to play hard at least. But I mean, this year these guys just, they just look terrible. They just look so bad. I mean, they're lost. Defense. They're absolutely lost on the field. Oh, it's just. It's like it's like anarchy. It's just nobody knows what the, what the hell's going on. Yeah. And what really pisses me off about that whole thing is <laughs> you have Dan Campbell on hard knocks. Oh, we got a defense, folks, bro. It's the third quarter of a preseason game. You have no starters on the field, and he's like, "Oh, we got a defense." What the hell are you? What are you looking at that makes you think you have a defense based on your third string defensive players that are currently bagging groceries at Kmart? Like those are all those are all bombs that aren't on the team are never going to be in the NFL. And he's like, "Oh, we got a defense, bro." Like he's to me, he's an idiot. And another thing that I think isn't getting talked enough about is that Ben Johnson is pretty clearly a very smart rising star in the NFL. I mean, the guy's not working with much. And up until the Patriots game, he had the best offense in the league with Jared Goff as his quarterback. He did. And I, I think and what worries me is that Jared Goff is going to play well enough under Ben Johnson to for the team to get to a point where they're winning 6 7 games a year. They're going to be and then he's going to leave and our offense is just going to fall right back and it's just and this whole process is going to start over again. Because we're gonna have no quarterback, and by then, if we're drafting good, if we're drafting good at other every other position, all those players by then, by the time we get a good quarterback in, are gonna be gone. They're gonna to demand too much money, and we're just gonna be right back where we started. And that, like, it just seems like that to me is pretty obviously what's gonna happen. Like, if I were, if yeah. I were the, if I were the Fords right now. I would fire I would fire Campbell, eat the money on his contract cuz I'm pretty sure it's guaranteed, and I would make Ben Johnson the head coach tomorrow. I I mean you're not alone. I've heard I've been hearing that from from some other Lions fans for sure. I I've, I've heard a lot of people singing the praises of Ben Johnson and would prefer him as the head coach and people are really concerned that the offense is going to continue to excel over these next what is it? They're one to four over these next twelve games, and he's going to get 
plucked away to head coaching position somewhere, and we're going to be back to square one with just a crap offense and a crap defense. So Listen, when you're in Detroit, you're never going to bring in that great coaching candidate that's a proven coordinator somewhere, and every other team in the league wants him. You're never going to get that guy, but you might have that guy in the building already. This is the closest we've gotten to having a superstar coordinator in the league. You just gotta, yeah. you just gotta try it, because Dan Campbell is very clearly not the guy. I mean, I can't say you're wrong. I can't say you're wrong. I, I've lost pretty much all faith in him. I mean, we'll see how the rest of the season shakes out, but I would things, be, aren't, things I, aren't looking good. I would be curious to hear what somebody who likes Dan Campbell, why they would say they like him at this point. Like, to me, there's nothing on the football field he's done to show that he's a good football coach. There's never a decision he's made where I'm like, wow, like that was, that was really smart or that was really, that, that really worked out or, or, you know, I wouldn't expect other coaches to make that decision. Like, it's cool when you're going for it, like last year. Take, for example, last year. Going for it on every fourth down. Okay, you know, you can go, oh, man, that takes a lot of stones. But here's the reality. The team was never going to win more than two or three games. So it really doesn't take that much stones to play like you have nothing to lose because you don't. And now he's doing the same damn thing where he goes for it on every fourth down. And it's just not working. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wasn't no. expecting, I wasn't expecting anything crazy this year. I wasn't one of these idiots saying nine, ten, eleven wins. But I mean, you got to get to six this year. I'm sorry, like you don't get to learn on the job here. You got last year for that. Like you need to be a ready-made, finished project of a coach. It's true. That's true. There's there's not a lot of time. There's no time for your your learning curve there's no time to learn on the job this is an organization that's pretty much only seen failure so it's just it's not a place where you can come and and have the resources to take it slow or take it easy and and learn because you're thrown into the fire immediately and it's dan campbell has shown that i think i think he's just overwhelmed i just don't think he knows what he's doing I think he's a good dude. I think he's a motivator, but when it comes to the X's and O's and the game management, he just doesn't know what the hell's going on. I think he is. He's just, I think he is very similar to Jim Caldwell in the sense that he is a great coach Monday through Saturday. But yeah, he is not good when it comes to game planning and the X's and O's at all yeah, and I mean, making in-game decisions. He is horrible. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think he's as bad as, or I, I think he's. I don't think Caldwell was as bad as him necessarily, but I don't think so either. I, I think you're right. I think, I mean, I think they're comparable. I mean, players love him, the fans love him, but he just, him and Caldwell both just, when when the rubber rubber meets the road and they needed to make a big in game decision or they needed to get something to happen, they needed their team to make a big stop or make that big play. It just it just never happened. It just never happened. So we'll see. We'll see. I, it is, it's a lot of season left. They got. They're gonna have to show us something. 
if, if Campbell wants a third year, in my opinion, they got to show us something. They better go on a nice little win streak. They better beat some teams they're not supposed to beat, or else if they end this year three and fourteen again, four and thirteen, then I think we're going to have some problems. I think we're going to have some big problems. See whether she whether Sheila will have whether Sheila will have the gall to fire him is another is a conversation for another day. But, See, I'll tell you what. If it's done right, I don't think that's the worst thing for this team. I think you go you go two and fifteen this year. You fire Campbell with like three weeks to go. You make Ben Johnson the head coach. You don't say interim. You say he is the new head coach. You are the coach. And then you're gonna have a top three pick. Probably probably the top pick. At two and fifteen, you're probably gonna have the top pick. You draft C.J. Stroud, I mean, man, you're in a great spot, in my opinion. That that would be that would that would not be a bad thing. I think with the offensive weapons you have around, what other than golf right now, like I said, Jameson Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, that offensive line that we have, you get you get CJ Stroud in there. If he if he is what we think he is, I mean that is a playoff offense right now. I think so too. I think so too. I think and then the on. defense just becomes the problem, and you go out and you spend some money. Yeah. Gets you yeah. draft some guys and you spend some money because another thing that I don't think is gonna has been talked up talked about enough is the Rams are terrible and that pick could be a top ten pick. Hundred percent. I don't you, know about top ten. I don't know about top ten, but it could definitely be top fifteen. I mean, you can get a legit defensive player there. Yeah. I mean, no, this you're spot on. The, like, the short term outlook is obviously very negative, but I mean, done right. I mean, this could be a legit team next year. Like, if this it is not could. if this is not a legit team next year. There's got to be hell to pay. Agreed. Because we're here. Agreed. I mean, we're here. In my opinion. Agreed. I think the offense is here. I think Okuda has shown that he can play in the league. To what degree, I don't know. I think Rodrigo has shown that he is a competent linebacker. I think, sure. you know, Hutch, it remains to be seen. But he was taken in the top two, so you got to be legit when you're taken in the top two. You can't be a bust. And you know, I don't know how much I buy into that whole. Oh, he's been he's been double teamed more than anybody else in the league, other than Miles Garrett. You know, it, I w- I heard that a lot going into the Patriots game. I did not see him getting double teamed much in the Patriots game. I don't know if you picked up on that. I did not see him getting doubled much. Uh, I saw him getting doubled a little bit, but he had a bad game. There's no doubt about it. He had some opportunities to make some big plays and just didn't do it. He just didn't do it. So, I don't know. I mean, you, you, what's done is done. You took him. You're going to have to ride with him. I think that there, I think there's a lot of room for him to grow. I think that he, I think he can make some leaps and bounds and become a I don't want to say a star. I don't know if I should go that far, but he can become a very productive defensive end in this league. But he's got to get bigger. He, and he will. 
and he will. I mean, he's a rookie. You know, there's players like Dexter Lawrence didn't have the greatest rookie year, and he's one of the best defensive tackles in the league right now. Quinn Williams didn't have the best rookie year, and he's one of the best defensive linemen. I mean, there's players all over the league who struggle their, their rookie years and, and continue to go on success. But the problem is is that the Lions don't really aren't really known as a team that fosters talent well and develops talent well and has and, players grow each year. It's yeah. like you either start off really well or you crash and burn. To be fair, though, and to be fair to the Lions, when you get taken second overall, you're not supposed to be a project. You're supposed to be a ready-made NFL player. No, and I'm not saying he needs to be a project, but I'm just, I'm saying that you know there's room for improvement. There's there's growth. Like no one comes in and is immediately like the best player in the league. Right? I mean, so it happens very rarely. I mean, there's the Miles Garretts, the, <laughs> the Nick Boses of the world, but I mean that just that wasn't that kind of draft. And Aiden was never that kind of player. Yeah, and I mean I'm not calling the guy a bust, but we definitely need to see a lot more. If he's playing this way with this level of production at the same time next year, then I think the bus conversation can can come out. But I think this first year, I mean, the defense is just so bad. I think really all you can hope for is just have him show improvement, have him grow, have him learn some new some, some new pass rush moves, have have him just just as a just as a player just become more acclimated with the speed and the size of the NFL, have him bulk up over the off season and. Maybe he'll have some talent, you know, some some other players who can do literally anything on the defensive end next year that might help him out because, like, I'm not giving him a pass by any means, for sure. But, I, I mean, to have a, a 90% of the defense is just total garbage. Like, these guys suck. They're just awful. Yep. Like, they should, they, they would not be playing on any other team in the league. So what? Come like, on, man. You're not a fan of Alex Anzalone? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's, oh, he stinks. There, it's just terrible. What about Isaiah Bugs? Oh, Jesus. You know, they try their best. I give them that. They, they try. try you know what? Isaiah Bugs, he tries, man. He does. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the rest of the season shakes out. But I don't know if uh, if the sits or if, uh, if the suits are fancy, but I'm, I'm, I'm itching to talk about some to get into college football, I think there's a lot just with our teams and nationally that, that needs to be discussed. And frankly, any more Lions talk is going to make me want to jump in front of a bus. So I just don't, it's just, I'm just, I'm at a point with them where anytime I think or talk about them, I immediately hit full depression mode because it's just, it's just so bleak. It's just so bleak. So it is bleak. It's just, it's never going to, it feels like it's never going to change. Yeah. I was listening to local Detroit radio on my drive home from work and one caller was talking about how he's basically accepted the fact that the Lions are never going to win and he's just going to he's going to have to root for a loser until the day he dies so that put me in a bleak mood for sure very depressing I mean this man was like 60 years old so Jeez. so a little bit older than us but it sounds like he's just going to he plans on going to his grave with the Lions never doing anything so I'm kind of coming to that realization that even when, when that man was 25 years old they have pretty much done nothing since. So <laughs> it's given me some dark thoughts. Um, but I think with that, I mean, the Lions are on a bye, um, or we're on a bye, and they have a big game against Miami. So next week when we 
reconvene, we'll definitely see if they made some adjustments. No, they don't have Miami this week. Or Dallas, excuse me. Correct. They're at Dallas. Um, they have a big game against Dallas this weekend. So when we reconvene next week and, and discuss what happened, we'll we'll know if they made the, the necessary changes and if they have an upward trajectory for the rest of the season and can make and can make something of this what has been a disaster so far, or if they're just going to fold and die and we're just screwed. So um, I guess with that, pop into college football. Jack, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give the floor to you. I guess I haven't. Uh, for, for being a, a co-host of this podcast, I haven't been as um, diligent in watching the, the the Spartans this year as much as I did last year. Uh, I've been able to catch some games. I, I caught um, I caught I caught the back half of the Wisconsin game. I caught most of the Maryland game. I caught most of the Washington game. Uh, I didn't really watch in the Ohio State game, but for the most part, I mean. It's it's been a bit of a disappointing season. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 East Lansing right now. That's for sure. I mean, hey, they're coming off a big win, double OT win against those. Who cares, Badgers. dude? Badgers who, who who canned Paul Crest, which I. I don't really understand why they canned them. I guess I mean I guess they were just trying to do it soon before things got really bad, um, which I guess is smart because you don't want to wait too. You rather fire a guy before it gets to the point of no return. But I mean, he was overall pretty successful, very successful. Yeah, at Wisconsin. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so, I, was, I, I have to say I was kind of surprised by that too. But what, so, what are your what, where where are your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on the Spartans, Mel Tucker, and uh, the rest of that coaching staff? Are you, are you in the camp that this is just kind of a, a lost year? <laughs> we'll tur- all right, I'll turn it over to you now. I'll turn it over to you. All right, all right. Here's where my here's where my head's at. <laughs> That is where my head is at. Um, I thought that the the end the end of regulation in the Wisconsin game was the worst coaching I have ever seen at at the college football level. It was. Uh, not to cut you off, but I, I did I, I I did see the the field goal snafu um, towards the end of that game. I did see what happened, so I, I am aware of what you're talking about. And yes, that was pretty pretty pitiful. But continue, please. You run the ball twice, and then you throw a screen. You call your two timeouts. You leave yourself with no timeouts on third down. You throw a screen, and as Deuce Staley would say, you stop a screen. Wisconsin can stop a screen. They stop the screen. You're tackled on the right hash with a lefty kicker, which makes no sense. You have no timeouts. You're at fourth down, so you can't spike it. You have to rush the the kicking team out there. And then the snap, 
I mean, talk about having trouble with the snap. That was, I mean, it was a ground ball to the, to the, the holder. And then Behringer, I mean, did everything he could. I don't know what, what the hell he's supposed to do in that situation. Just throws it up. Gets picked off. I mean, whatever. Goes to overtime. It's, and like, I, it's fr the mo I think the most frustrating thing is that there's gonna, there's a lot of people that are, they're busy people, you know, people got stuff going on on the weekends. They want to go to the pumpkin patch with the kiddos. The kiddos, the kiddos have a soccer game. You want to go mm -hmm. see little Johnny play goalie in his third grade soccer game. Which I understand. That's nice. You should spend time with your kids. But then you check the score, and you see Michigan State won. How nice. I'm happy they won. But you should not be happy they won. They did not deserve to win that game. You gave up 28 points to one of the most anemic offenses in college football. Other than Iowa. But if you had been a reasonable person and skipped Little Johnny's soccer game to watch your Spartans, you would know that you should not be happy that they won. You should be furious. Because what does Mel come out... Because now what does Mel think? Oh, well, you know, we won the game. wasn't the best decision, but we're going to have our ag uh, aggregation of marginal gains and... We're just going to keep chopping, and it's all about the ball, and uh, what the hell else? What other stupid crap does he say? Uh, you know, we're going to go to the woodshed, and we won in the woodshed on homecoming in the in the deep water, in the deep end with, with the Lamborghinis on, and the race cars on the f football field. And, you know, we're just, we're just doing it. We're just working hard. We're going to keep chopping. We're going to play complimentary football, and... It's like, dude, you don't know what you're doing. You're a terrible coach. You owe Kenneth Walker III $95 million. And it's horrible. I mean, the defense, listen, I know they're just kids. They're just college kids. But they're terrible. They're horrible. They don't belong on, the big, on a Big Ten football field. Maybe as ball boys or as referees. But they do not belong on the field as players. Amir Speed was supposed to be this, oh, you know, Amir Speed, he was on Georgia last year. He's supposed to be really, really good. And he blows. You know how many tackles he, that guy had in five years of college football in, before this year? Guess how many tackles he had in five years. Ten. Okay, not that bad. He had 25 tackles. In five years. That's pretty bad. And this... Mel Tucker's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're just going to go to the portal. We're going to snag every single person that, uh, that's out there on the portal. And they're just going to come in here and be, you know, legit superstars. They're all going to be the next Kenneth Walker the third. And you know what, man? The, the transfer portal, in most situations, is just the land of misfit toys. That's all it is. These guys aren't... These guys aren't leaving 
oh, the situation was so good, and I was playing so much, and I got along well with everybody, and got along with my coaches, but you know what? I just decided to up and leave. No, these guys leave because they stink, or because they have legit superstars in front of them. But most of the time, it's it's the former, not the latter. And all these guys, that these transfer portal guys, they blow. I mean, they stink. They really suck. And I, I'm really, not, I'm really tired of this whole transfer portal crap. Like, it's, you know, I dedicate my Saturdays to watching these damn Spartans, and this is what they do. I mean, Scotty Hazelton wouldn't know defense if it hit him in the head. He's he's a bum. He's getting paid 1.4 mil a year, and he can't stop anything. And it's the same thing with the Lions. Yeah, I understand. You don't have the best players in the world. You don't have the worst. They can't stop anybody. I mean, Michael Penix, they made him look like damn near Vince Young, Johnny Manziel. I mean, they made him look like he was one of the best college quarterbacks in history. And I don't know if you're aware, they've they've gone one and two since the since the Michigan State game. They, they did lose to the Beavers. They lost to the Beavers, lost to the Bruins, Minnesota. I think they after they beat Michigan State, what was it, thirty four to seven? They went out and got sh- their shit kicked in. And then they go out and I don't even know who the hell they lost to after that. Oh, Maryland. Yeah, because they're really good. I don't think Minnesota has won a game since they beat Michigan State. These teams stink. And they're not just losing to them. They're getting blown out. I mean, they got blown out at home to by Minnesota. I mean, I get the players are not – the defense is not there, but it's not this bad. And the offense, I mean, you have Keon Coleman and Jaden Reed who are probably two NFL receivers. I mean, Jaden Reed definitely. Jaden Reed for certain. I mean, he's a stud. I mean, K- Keon Coleman, stud. to me, is an NFL receiver. I, I, I mean, he's still young. He's still young. Um, but he's got the talent. There's no doubt about it. He's got the potential. I mean, he showed flashes against Wisconsin. From what I saw, I thought he, I thought he played really well. And I thought that if him and Jane Reed didn't play two, two, two. I mean, that's those are probably. I'm not gonna say those are the best games they're gonna have all year. But those are two. That's definitely gonna be in their top two or three, because they both played just out of their mind. And if that doesn't happen, then Michigan State doesn't win that game. There's no, there's no way they do. I mean, Gene Reed literally made that cornerback contemplate his own life. I mean, he was. I've never seen a man so defeated. Like he was just, he was just devastated. Gene Reed went up and just, just absolutely, just, just big dogged him on that last play. He went up and just took the ball right away from him. And the fact of the matter is, as I was watching that game, if that pass falls incomplete. I know Michigan State's kicker has been pitiful, and my hopes are 
Wisconsin basically <laughs> gifted them that opportunity. He probably missed it. I, I feel like I was pretty confident he's, he's not making that field goal. Probably not. <laughs> because Wisconsin, Braylon Allen, who did have a pretty good game, I mean, he fumbled on the first play of their overtime possession. So, I mean, they got bailed out. Let's call it what it is. They got bailed out. They got bailed out by... A I fumble. Mean, by, by, by Jane Reed's excellent. I mean... Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed is so upset that he has to go out there and throw touchdown passes. God knows Peyton Thorne can't make a freaking throw. I mean, Jesus. Jesus, man. Like, what happened to him? He's looked awful. Well, I mean, when you don't have a future NFL, uh, future NFL uh, Pro Bowl player starting running back. And you're giving it to some other guys, some like they're not like scrubs, but they're not like great. So you don't really have to respect the run like you did with Kenneth Walker. It makes things a little bit more difficult. I mean, Jerry um, Broussard was the offensive player of the year in the Pac-12. He's garbage. Jalen Berger. Well, he, was at Col- he was at Colorado, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he left Colorado at a good at a good time. That's for sure. They're a dumpster fire. They're terrible, but. I mean, it, it's like the running backs have not been up to snuff. The offensive line still struggles. Kaplovich, um, I think his name is James Kaplovich, the offensive line coach. Chris Kaplovich, I'm sorry. He stinks at his job, too. And if, you wanna, if you're out there and if you want to know if you're better at your job than Chris Kaplovich, if you have a job, there's a good chance you're better at it than him. Unless your name is Ian Rappaport. You're better at your job than Chris Kaplovich. He's terrible. The the offensive line is just absolutely garbage. <coughs> and it yeah. goes to show you <coughs> it goes to show you how good Kenneth Walker it was. Like I mean he was unbelievable. There's no doubt about it. There's no you know, there's no there's no way to there's no there's no debate. He was unbelievable. He He's one of the best running backs I've ever seen in college. I mean, he, he carried you guys to numerous wins. You still were, a, I feel like, a better overall team last year. Not to say that uh, it was 100% thanks to him, but... I mean, it, no, I, dude, I, it was 99.999% thanks to him. Yeah. I mean, Peyton yeah. Thorne, Pey, it, it, and I, I mentioned this a lot last year, but if you look at the games that Kenneth Walker didn't play well, it very strongly correlates with the games that Peyton, Peyton Thorne did not play well. Yeah, I the, mean... The only game where either. Kenneth Walker played well and Peyton Thorne didn't play well was the Michigan game. Other than that, it was pretty much, if Kenneth Walker plays well, Peyton Thorne plays well. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Thorne did not play particularly well in the Michigan game. Kenneth Walker just... I mean, I still have nightmares. That, I mean, that was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen by a running back. He was just, he was on another level. He couldn't be tackled. So, I mean, another takeaway from this game, I know it's not about Michigan State, but my God, Graham Burtz is just so bad. One of those throws, the throw in overtime that got dropped by two Michigan State players, <laughs> where, where was he? Like, where, there was not a Wisconsin player within like 50 yards. Like, where was he throwing it? Dude, shout out Michigan State's defense, though. Two guys dropped it. And then the pick he threw was so bad. When it basically gave Michigan State the touchdown, when he threw it like 
at his own 10, 10 yard line. That was just a brutal. Oh yeah, throw. right after they got stopped on the goal line. Yeah, and immediately just throws it right to the linebacker. I mean, that was Winman. That was Jacoby Winman. He dropped in coverage. He had a nice. Yeah, that was a nice play by him. I mean, very nice play. That was no easy pick, but I mean, Graham Mertz, come on, dude. Like, what, what's what's going on? And Brian Allen is good, but I mean, that's this isn't a Wisconsin podcast. We're not going to spend time talking about them, but I mean, I. I know I'm not a Michigan State fan, and I'm a little more impartial when it comes to the, their overall outlook under Mel Tucker, but I I can't necessarily go full panic mode if I was a fan yet, or just as a, as a, as a bystander. I, I'm not thinking that, oh, this guy's like... No, I mean, you got... That's the mood. That's the the mood. Okay, the positive outlook you can have on the Spartans, and I know this year is going to be a wash. It's obviously not not good. It's bad, very bad. But you still you got opportunities to pick up some big wins and have at least some momentum going into next year. Make a bowl. I mean, it's going to be tough beating with if you lost to Wisconsin. I mean, there's no way you're making a bowl. You were done. So beating them was huge. you had uh, that win just for pride's sake. I mean, Mel oh Tucker yeah, I was been... really proud of that win. Okay, enough. Mel Tucker has had Michigan's number. I mean, Penn State. I think James Franklin's a fraud, and they could easily. And it's the last week of the season, so Penn State might just hang it up and quit. And then I don't think Illinois is like that amazing either. So you've got three chances to pick up wins against top. 20 teams I think you need to you need to be one of them you need to be one of them if you lose to all of them then I think you can sound I think the alarm needs to be sound you, know, you need to sound the alarm and you end the season 5 and 7 or something or 4 and 8 and your only wins are against like Wisconsin Akron Western and Indiana then be like because my concern would be like what do you have going for you next year like Jane Reed is he's going to the NFL I mean Cam Coleman's coming back but I mean Jane Reed is your like entire offense <coughs> I mean but the problem the problem with a wide receiver compared to a running back like Kenneth Walker is he you gotta have somebody to throw to him you can't just hand him the ball and say go ahead you know it's it's a little bit tougher it's I mean it's easy to just feed them the ball I, I, if there's one thing that I I think I know about Mel Tucker, is that I don't think he's a sentimental guy, so I think it's there's going to be sweeping changes, in, the coaching staff. I think Scotty Hazelton is as good as gone. I think Jay Johnson is as good as gone. I think Chris Kaplovich is as good as gone. Um, and I mean that's a start, but. It's not a good yeah. look to be firing you, the core of your staff. You got all this money for your staff, and then what? You're two years in, three years in, you're firing three of your guys. I mean, that doesn't make you look very good. No, no, but I can attest as a Michigan fan that 
Harbaugh has done that, and it has worked out for the best. I mean, they weren't, you know, they they, they weren't uh, they weren't necessarily the defense wasn't necessarily as bad as Michigan State is, is now when Michigan had Don Brown. I mean, I'm not going to count 2020 because that just that year was just like kind of a I don't know that was just like a weird year that I mean you can count it if you want but it, in my mind it's just like it was just thrown together and it was just one big shit show but it's like the other years like he he wasn't like a bad defense it was a good defense they just when they played the big game against Ohio State they just you know the game they had to win they just got obliterated they got embarrassed so. I think, I, I mean, like you, like you said, it's not a good look to, to can, you know, the, the big the core of your staff. You know, it's kind of a reflection on and you at the end of the day, you as in Mel Tucker, but you got to do what you got to do sometimes, you know. Sometimes you just got to make the change. You can't sit back kind of like D'Antonio did in his hey, towards the end of his regime where you keep around guys you know just can't get the job done. And you sink deeper and deeper. So, oh, I mean, yeah, you're going to do the Mark D'Antonio where you just switch up everybody's job, but you don't fire anybody. Yeah, I mean, that's just like you can't do that. Like i I think I don't. I think Mel Tucker is. I mean, it's. I think he has the tools to be a good coach, and I think that he can make the necessary decisions, the hard decisions, to put his team in a position to win. But like you said. The transfer portal in, portal in football is not the transfer portal in basketball. They're just they're they're different. You know, people who are transferring in football, you, you know, you get the one-offs like Jameer Gibbs going from Georgia Tech to Alabama, but that most of those guys aren't Jameer Gibbs. They're second, third-string guys who, for whatever reason, just weren't going to be seeing the field on that team on the team that they're on. So generally you come over and if you weren't seen on the, if you're not going to see the field on some mediocre team in the ACC, you're probably not going to see the field or at least be a productive player at, at a school like Michigan state. So it's recruiting is big, but Mal Tucker has shown that he, he can recruit and I think he will recruit well. So I'm not, I, I think the, the outlook has to be the season's a wash and you need to just focus on playing the young guys. If you want to bench Thorne and play, uh, what's his name, Hauser? Yeah. If you want to bench Thorne and play Hauser, you know, go for it. Because this year's a wash. I mean, I, mean, I don't think, do you think Peyton Thorne's back next year? What is he, is he a junior? Yes. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not like he's going to the NFL. No, I mean, do you think he's back as the starter next year? I don't know. I mean, he's made some good throws, but damn, he's made some bad throws. So, I think, I think there's a good chance, and I think he has a. I think he can be a good quarterback, but losing Jane Reed is going to hurt. Uh, losing Kenneth Walker in that top five nationally run game was clearly devastating as you can see from the results this year so i think he's the chance but i, I think you got to give the young guy a chance or a shot at least this year i mean what's why not like what are you gonna lose i say i mean i'm ready to just give him his communications degree and send him on his way 
I mean, I, I understand. I understand your frustrations for sure. So you just got to. Maybe we'll bring in a guy like Kate McNamara. Hey, I mean, he's. I mean, Kate is Kate. Like, he's pro- I don't know what I don't know what the deal with him is. I don't know what he's going to do. He's probably going to transfer. <laughs> I mean, I'll always have infinite respect for him. Giving us the best year we've had in twenty years, but I mean, JJ has like not been like incredible, and he hasn't been like he's probably fallen a little short of most people's expectations. But there's just the element of of his scrambling ability and his athleticism is just somewhere where Kate really lacked. So I mean, we'll see. I think I don't think MSU. I mean, we've seen teams go from having you know, disastrous years and the next year bouncing back and being top 15, top 10 teams. So MSU can absolutely do that. They've shown they could do it before. I mean, I know having Kenneth Walker helps, obviously, but I think they have a good, I mean, next year, I think next year is big. I think next year is big because if three out of the four years that you're the coach, the team is a dumpster fire, then you got some serious problems. I mean, I don't even know what you would do about it, though. Like, the guy is locked in. Yeah, but the thing is, he's not... Wasn't most of his deal, like, wasn't it backed by, like, the... the Dan Gilberts and the... Whatever, the United Wholesale Mortgage guy? I mean, yeah, but his his buyout is huge. For the next... Well, then have have the billionaires pony up, you know? I can't imagine, like... Like, sometimes you just got to cut your losses and move on. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves talking about, you know, buying out Mel Tucker and and giving him the axe. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Man, I I wish he would. Man, if I could go back, I would just kick his ass down to LSU, man. Because if you got rid of him, like, if he left after last year, Michigan State job would have been so attractive. I mean, like you're coming off an 11 and two season. Your coach just left. You've gotten some good players in there. Like that would have been such an attractive job. You could have gotten some really good candidates. And yeah. now I think, no. I mean, I don't know. It, obviously, there's nothing you're gonna do with them over the next, I'd say, at least two years. So you're gonna have to wait and see what what he's able to do. But I mean, yeah. two more no, years like this, and you're not gonna be getting high-level candidates in there. No. No. I mean, no. you're going to get your Brett so, Bielema's I mean, and... We'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, this is it's a bye week for both of our teams. Um, Michigan State can regroup and reassess and try to take some of their... take some of the positives away from their win against Wisconsin and, and correlate them and translate them to the game against Michigan and Michigan just... I mean, we can kind of translate. I don't know if you have any any more points you want to touch on with the Spartans, um, but we can transition over to Wolverines if you're if you're okay with that. Um, there, you know, this is a this is a, a, a I'm not gonna say like a needed bye week, but you know, seven games without the bye that's more than half the season, so they can let some guys get. At healthy. least you weren't traveling much. I mean, it's true. They did not travel much at all. They did not travel much at all. 
I mean, there's three. They're not conference, as we talked about in our, our episode a couple months ago, was like, this was before they had played it, but everyone knew it was a joke. I mean, three games at home against three of the worst teams in college football. Well, I mean, UConn is feisty. They're feisty. They yeah, are not feisty. Clubs. What are you talking about? They got three wins. Well. well they got two wins, maybe. They beat Fresno State at home as 24-point underdogs. Wow. I remember that because one, one of my roommates <laughs> went to UConn. So we watched the game, and he was hyped. Oh, so, good, good for them. him. Shout out, shout out to the Huskies. But they're they're terrible. So, I mean, Michigan has played two road games at Iowa, at Indiana. I mean, both pretty mediocre teams. I mean, Iowa's never really an easy place to go, but they're bad. Um, so, it was a big beating Penn State was was a big win. Yeah, I was, you, know, you know you know what my mood around Michigan is right now. What. Man, I am panicking. I'm in panic. I'm in panic mode about Michigan. I am scared that they are really, 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 really good. I mean, that offensive line just bullies people. They do. They do. And that's and that was when when Michigan had its really rough years under Harbaugh. That's when they brought in Gaddis and they tried to do the speed and space stuff, where they tried to become like an Alabama type passing attack or like a West coast offense, like a, you know, like a Lane Kiffin, like Oklahoma, where they just try to spread it out and do the quick passes. It just was, it was never them. And last year they kind of got back to having an identity of just rough run the ball outman you win in the trenches. So I, I've, I've seen so much hurt and pain from this team that I'm not ready to be like, you know, Beyond the, beyond the. Oh, we're going to the playoff for being Ohio State train, and all oh, we're great. You know, it's. I'm, I'm a. I, I gotta see it to believe it, kind of guy. Because I have gone into an Ohio State game. We're, I mean, we're not gonna be favored this year, no matter what happens, unless Ohio State just CJ Stroud gets hurt and they just implode. But I've gone into the game in 2018 when we're favored by four points, and we're finally gonna beat them, and we get our we get annihilated. I mean, we get destroyed. So, you know, I think the Penn State win was big. They needed to beat – I'm not going to sit here and say Penn State's great, but they need to beat a team of substance, a team with some sort of talent. A team with and a pulse. Well. A team with a pulse. A team that can give – you know, that isn't, necess- isn't, isn't just crap. So, I mean, they manhandled them. They dominated the game. Usually when my team is down – Usually when I'm watching Michigan and if they're only up two at halftime or they're only or they're losing at the beginning of the third quarter, I'm like freaking out, sweating, like, oh God, like here we go again, like we're done. We're losing. But I just this is one of the only games I can remember where they were losing in the third quarter and I had like like no concern that they were actually gonna lose the game. Because it was just so Penn State's two touchdowns were just like They were so fluky. They were so fluky. Yeah. The one was like Sean Clifford, like the 61-yard run where one of the players just missed a tackle. And then he just – it was a great fake. Kudos to him. And he was just – you know, they were keyed in on the running back and Clifford just took it 61 yards and then they scored on the fourth down play. 
and then the interception was just like one of the craziest interceptions. Like I've never seen it get tipped, hit off a dude's helmet, and then just fall into a guy's lap. Like who's like already just, actively running the other way? It was a it was a gift from God that that touchdown. Like you could you could do that same thing another hundred times, and it doesn't happen again. Like doesn't just clank off a dude's helmet and fall into somebody's lap who's like not even paying attention. So, I mean, they, like you said, they, they dominated on the ground. They won in the trenches. They played bully ball. Uh, Corum is having a heck of a year. Donovan Edwards is a great secondary back. He's he's really good in relief. You know, I have hope. The defense still worries me. Uh, I don't really think they. The best offense they played this year is probably Maryland, which isn't really saying much. Uh, not to say Maryland is a terrible offense, but you know, it's Maryland. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. And you know they didn't struggle, but they had their moments where it was like, guys, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, you gave up what twenty-seven points to Maryland. You gave up twenty. You gave up twenty-seven, but I think seven or eight of those were scored with like, you know, like. 30s it was like it was it was like garbage time basically you know the back i think the backups were in so um because they were up 15 with like three minutes left and maybe not the backups but they were in prevent they weren't really going full speed i mean still that's still a lot of points um but we'll see you know we'll 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 see it's it's going to be you know michigan state of course concerns me I know you'll probably oh, say like, "Oh, stop. we're gonna." Uh, yeah, you're gonna give me the "Oh, stop!" I knew. You're, I mean, we were favored by 21 at home in 2020, and I know 2020 was a different year, and it was only one game of the season, and we really we were both just horrible teams. But we were favored by like 22 points and lost. So, and I know there are no fans and blah 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 blah. But you know, Michigan State is always a rivalry game, but it's just. It's going to come down to I, I I just don't see a scenario where Ohio State lets us run on them like they like we did last year. I just don't see a scenario where that happens. Yeah, and and we I, one thing that's really starting to annoy me with Michigan fans is the whole Blake Corum for Heisman crap. Like, bro, I could run through these gaps that he's running through. Like, yeah, he's putting up big numbers, but it's not because of him. Like. If Kenneth Walker, if if Blake Corum gets invited to the Heisman ceremony with what Kenneth Walker did last year and him not getting invited to the Heisman ceremony, I'm just going to snap. I'm going to be so upset. I mean, he's top. Th- I, I think he's he the be. third highest Heisman odds right now. I mean, I think it's Hooker. It'll Tennessee is one. Stroud. Stroud is two. And Corum is three. I'm pretty sure that's the odds right now. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Bryce Young shoots up again. Uh, Caleb Williams. Jameer Gibbs. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to depend on what they do against Ohio State. If he has a stinker against Ohio State and does nothing, he's not getting invited. If he goes bonkers and rushes for 200 yards, then he maybe. But, you know, it's, it, 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 I understand your frustration because Kenneth Walker not getting invited was ridiculous. 
as much as you know, I'm a Michigan fan and 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 hates Sparty like every other Michigan fan. Um, he deserved it. He should have been invited at the very least. I mean, he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable, and I think he's going to be great in the NFL too. He had a great game last weekend. So, you know, I I don't share the same, and I know you're also more impartial because you're a Michigan State fan. Uh, that I don't, I don't share the same uh, optimism with Michigan as you, I, I, but I do think I do think they're a good team. I think that they have something. Now it's going to come down to Ohio State. Uh, any losses before then are just completely unacceptable. I mean, Michigan State at home, it's a rivalry game, but losing that would just be an embarrassment. What is, what is that? That's, that's supposed to be a wet fart noise. <laughs> what was that? That was, that was the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Okay. Having some trouble today. That's Michigan State <laughs> playing at. That's Michigan State coming into the big house. I'll I'll play it again for those who didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound. We got the soundboard going today. We got the soundboard, the drops. But uh, yeah. I mean, that's and then they got the only other really good team that they or not really good, but the only other team I could give them some trouble is Illinois, but they have them at home. So I mean, uh. And the only other game they have is, yeah, is, are the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, Rutgers. Oh man. <laughs> Michigan State. <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Rutgers. <laughs> That's the Big Ten right now. Every other team other than. Ohio State and Michigan. This is the this is them. does Michigan play this year? It's Michigan State at home, then they play at Rutgers, then they play Illinois, and then they play Ohio State. They don't play Indiana this year? They already played them. Oh, that's right. They played them a week and a half ago. Yeah. There, yeah, there you go. There's Indiana <laughs> for you. Michigan State, what are you going to do on October 29th at Michigan? Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> oh, geez. The soundboard is, is on fire today. But, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I was pleased with the performance against Penn State. Um, I mean, I, have some... I think Michigan is, like, I think Michigan has that extra level to them. That they just didn't have last year. Yeah, I still no, I, I agree they, that the defense is still a concern when competing against elite talent. Yeah, 
Um, but I also think that offense just has the the ability to control a game that that there's just that level that they didn't have last year. <laughs> like there's that yeah. level to compete in a shootout with JJ, as well as the ability to just pound the rock and control the game. And yeah. I just don't think Michigan had that 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 last year and I mean they're a legit top four team I don't see I don't really see how they're probably not making the playoff again this year I mean they would have to get absolutely obliterated by Ohio State but that that opens the conversation you know if they're one loss team and they don't get obliterated by Ohio State but they lose you know they lose in a competitive game they're one loss team but they don't win the Big Ten this is a tough year. It's a competitive year, and I, that, you know, it begs the question, do they have a chance of making the playoff as like a four seed under, yeah. under those circumstances? Yeah, I think so. It depends what happens in the SEC, in my opinion, and Clemson. It really depends on what happens with them. I mean, Georgia's I mean, I in. It, Georgia's in. Yeah. <laughs> Ohio State, if you're losing to them, they're in. Is definitely in, yeah. Depends what happens with, like, so then you got to look at like t- what, what, Tennessee. What, if, what, if, what about one loss Tennessee? You got to look at Tennessee. You got to. I, I. I don't think. I think Bama's probably out at this point. I mean, you got to say your. I would say. I would think Michigan's odds to be in are better than Alabama's at this point. I mean, what about? What, all right, just, just just. What about this scenario? Georgia beats Tennessee, but then Alabama beats Georgia. See, I just don't see a way that Alabama beats Georgia. <laughs> I understand for the for the sake of the exercise, but I, I, yeah, I mean it's tough. I don't know. I guess it would we just have to. It would just depend on how it plays out. But yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think right now. If you're a one-loss Michigan team and you've only lost to Ohio State, and Ohio State's an undefeated team that's going to the playoff for sure, and you are very competitive with them, I think you're in the playoff pretty much regardless of what anybody else does. Yeah, yeah, no, that's. I I, I think I, I I think that's a good point, and I think that's a realistic scenario. It just. I think, uh, but I am more in the camp that it really does depend on what happens with the Clemson's. The Clemson's, what if Clemson has one loss, but they win the ACC? And if Clemson doesn't win the ACC, then they're not in. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. They don't win the ACC, they're out. They lose in the ACC championship or they, you know, they collapse and they're done. They're done up. So. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I don't, and I don't see the Pac-12 getting any teams in. Um... The only team that I could really think of, I mean, like, like UCLA, like, and I don't think a one loss. I don't think a, they would have to go undefeated. Yeah. And I don't think they will. I think they're no. going to lose to Oregon. No way. I think they're in, they're in no way. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff left to happen this year, but I think one thing we can all agree on that Notre Dame is poop. Noise. <laughs> and that's something, <laughs> that's something that we can all 
you know, sit back in our lounge chairs and just smile about. We don't have to deal with them this year. Yeah. Hey, how's Royce Freeman working out? You mean Marcus Freeman? Marcus Freeman. Royce Freeman, running, former running back for the, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's how Marcus Freeman's working out so far. <laughs> yeah, losing at, losing at home to one and four Stanford is the rough look. Marshall, that's and then with the fighting, the thundering herd. Thundering herd, yeah. Herd, 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 herd. So, yeah, I mean, no, I Notre Dame's having a brutal year. Uh, there's some other, I mean, uh, Baylor's brutal. They're like three and three. Utah's lost a couple of games. It's a chaos year for sure. So, a lot of stuff left to happen. I think when we're doing this show in, in two to three weeks, we're going to have a much better understanding, especially after Tennessee plays Georgia. We're going to have a much better understanding of what is likely to happen and what, and especially when the first college football playoff rankings come out, we'll have a good idea. But, yeah. you know, a lot of stuff left to happen. Um, that pretty much pretty much wraps up all my thoughts on Michigan. Jack, do you have any, anything you want to close with? Any other college football talk? Um, I just going back to the playoff. I think, I think what would be worst case scenario for Michigan is that Ohio State loses a game before the game with you, and then beats you. That would be worst case scenario. Like if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm rooting for Ohio State to be undefeated when we play them. Because at least yeah, if you lose yeah. to them, then it's like okay, but we lost to the to an undefeated team. Undefeated, likely number one team. Right. Likely number one in the country. (coughs) So as hard as it may be for a Michigan fan to root for them. They're not losing. Yeah. As as hard as it may be for a Michigan fan to root for them, like, I think it's in your best interest for Ohio State to be undefeated when you play them. The only game that they could lose going up until then is at Penn State, but it's not like a whiteout night game. It's a noon game. So... Like if I was still an Ohio State fan, my concern level would be dropping exponentially yeah. compared to if it was a night game. So yeah. I just, I mean, they're not losing. Let's be honest with ourselves; they're they're not losing until they play until they play Michigan, and you know, in all likelihood, they'll probably beat. You know, it's going to be the problem. It's tough to win in the shoe. So in all likelihood, they're going to be an undefeated, you know, Big Ten champion. So it's it it, it, it Michigan. It, Making the playoff, it'll really depend. Attention. On we are now at. De- <laughs> well, what are you playing? What are you playing? It, it, I was saying it'll really depend on what happens with the rest of the episode. Oh, that's not a fun panic alarm. No. Man, I'm trying to find a fun oh, panic well. alarm. I'll have to. Uh-oh. I'll have to, to do some research before yeah, next have, week's episode. We'll do a little research. A little soundboard research. Yeah, I'll do some soundboard. Uh, we'll see. We'll have a lot to talk about next week with the Lions, and we'll start getting into more of the uh, the gritty details of rivalry week with both teams being on a bye this weekend. So. Oh, here we go. I think this one's going to be. That is a good one. That's a good one. Alright, is that uh I think I'm about to Oh here we go. Oh my God. There we go.
exactly what we're looking for. That's East Lansing in a nutshell right there. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> That's Scotty Hazleton right. when he realized he's never going to make $1.4 million in a year the rest of his life. Yeah, but he did make $1.4 million for like three years, so I'm sure he'll be just fine. I'm sure he'll be just fine, and I'm sure he's going to get a nice little little severance package too. I'd say, like hey, you know what, Scotty? Like okay. you, you know what's crazy is your severance package is, is in the middle of uh, is in the middle of the ocean. We just gotta just gotta take a little cruise ship out there. I'd be like, oh, okay, that sounds nice. And then you just go, oh, there it is. And then you just dump them off the side of it. There you go. <laughs> just pretend you didn't see anything happen. Like a uh, castaway Tom Hanks type situation. Yeah. Just, just leave him on a deserted island. And then you could send Jay Johnson out to look for him. <laughs> and then Chris Kaplovich to to help with the search and then just give up on the search and leave them out there <laughs> oh god oh god oh god alright so I was uh, glad we were able to, to, to jump in and, and dissect our, our local Detroit sports teams both college and pro and next week we'll have a, another brand new episode for all the fans we're, we're planning on doing this regularly once again similar to last year so Again, we apologize for the hiatus, but we are back, and we have a soundboard now. So yeah, we have a really fun, exciting soundboard. We have fart noises. We have panic alarms. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. Things were, you know, things were looking down a few, a few weeks ago, but now we're back, and things are looking up. So we'll have some new sounds for you next week, and probably just more fart noises. If I know Jack, so. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. Honestly, you know what? I'm this. This will probably be the soundboard for, or this will probably be the sound effect for Michigan after they they play Michigan State. You ready for it? Yeah. That was easy. Okay. Is that a Staples button? Yep. That's that a, was easy. an easy button. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Any closing? Any, any closing thoughts? No, man. What a horrible year of football. It's just, yep. it's like the worst combination. My Lions blow. My Spartans blow. My Steelers blow. My Texas Longhorns aren't doing too well. Oh, the Steelers really blow. Every, I mean, just all my teams are just terrible. And all my least favorite teams are just good. Michigan is good. The Ravens are okay. Uh, somehow the New York Giants are five and one. Yeah, well, I've been there before, buddy. So you know what? But at least the e- at least my Eagles are doing well. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think we'll wrap. No, I dude. Eagles fans, there's nothing funnier than Eagles fans, man. What about the Fightins? The Fightins. Sad. Sad. Yeah, what a collapse that was. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. But hey, they're heading back to Philly, so. Yeah. Tied 1-1. Yeah, that's true. I guess we'll see. Maybe in six years, the Tigers will. will. Or maybe in six years the Tigers will make the playoffs. Yeah, doubtful. <coughs> <coughs> <coughs>
Yeah. Very doubtful. It's it's Very uh doubtful. it's bleak in Detroit, that's for sure. There's really nothing to look forward to. The next six months are gonna be freezing cold. The pistons are gonna blow. The red wings. Okay. Pistons won. One and zero, I guess. The one and zero Pistons. Tied best record in the NBA. Detroit Pistons. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Red Wings. Who cares? Uh Hockey's irrelevant. (laughs) Uh, Michigan State basketball is gonna blow. It's just, it's not a great time in my life right now. It's a dark time. Wow. Things can only get better. So, that's how you have to look at it. Who knows? Maybe Mel Tucker, Jay Johnson, Scotty Hazleton, and Chris Kaplovich will all collectively win the lottery and just quit football coaching. And Dan Campbell. That would be, like, the best thing that could happen, probably. (laughs) All right, good luck with that. Good luck with that. I'm just going to buy them all lottery tickets. Yeah. Here. Get no. out. Uh, It'll be like uh, Lakeith Sutherland and get out. I'm just going to get out. Get oh, out. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's yeah. tough. It's tough sledding for, for fans such as yourself currently. But, hey, you know what? Things can always get worse. That's what I learned. <laughs> they can always get worse. So just enjoy, you know. Just try to find the positives, because it can always get worse. <laughs> it really can't, though. Oh, au contraire. It can. I mean, I guess, like, Noah Petrus could be my quarterback. Petrus. Or yeah, he... Joe or Flacco, or... Yeah. Or Trey Lance, or... Uh, I would say Geno Smith, but he's three and three this year. I would say Daniel Jones, but he's three and three this year, or five and, five and one this year. I would say Zach Wilson, but he's four and two this year. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. Whatever. What a Whatever. pathetic year. Twenty twenty two, not the year of Jack. That's for sure. Well, twenty twenty three, things are going to be looking up. Maybe. Maybe. But also maybe not. <laughs> maybe, but maybe not. Story of life. Yeah. But all right, I'm all right. gonna go cry myself to sleep for the forty-fifth night in a row. Ah, you'll be fine. But all right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you to the fans for your dedication and your patience. We all we really, really appreciate it, and we love you, and. Adopt, don't shop. Anything else to add, JP? Yes, adopt, don't shop. Adopt, don't shop. Um, nope, that's it. Adopt, don't shop. All right. Adopt, don't shop. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.